Welcome to Across the Line with uh, Chris Greatwich and Sedaf Tupas. And uh, Chris, fourth episode, and we feature one of the most interesting, intriguing personalities to have ever worn a Philippine jersey. The Italian stallion, Simone Rotta. Wow. Um, hugely insightful interview. Gave um, some incredible accounts, um, especially of his time growing up in Italy. Um, opened up about his adoption. Um, which is a story that's been well documented before, but for him to come out and, and speak openly about it was, was great. Um, he also was really open about his misspent youth uh, and some of the trials and tribulations of what it was like for him growing up as a young teenager in, uh, in, in Italy. Those stories there, incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure that some of the listeners are going to be shocked with, with some of the accounts that he gives. And, and even by his own admission, he's never shared these stories before with anyone. So for him to come out and open up to us on the show was, so was really special. We were Dr. Chris and Dr. Sadaf on this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you want us to continue doing more of Across the Line, subscribe to us on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. You can also like our Facebook page and share the videos and comment as well. Para tuloy Across the Line. Simone Rotter. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Yep, definitely. Thank you for taking time. Always for you guys. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. He's a bit shy, this uh, Simone guy. Yeah. I think he'll come out of his shell, though, once we start probing his... I mean, incredible background. He's got a really interesting background. Um, You know, some... Even off mic, on the way here in the car, Simone was sharing with us some some wonderful stories. So hopefully he's not not too shy on uh, on mic on camera. Yeah, we've warmed him up. We, we've warmed you up. Um, so I want to start by um, asking you how's how's life with uh, Kaya Iloilo. You're, you're you're now with that club. Um, your your first season with the club. Uh, yes. After spending time with Stallion Ceres and briefly with the Davao Aguilas, now with Kaya Iloilo, a contender in the P. The PFL and uh, yes, you look. You guys look uh, like you're doing well. Yeah, we are doing well. Honestly, I have to thank to Kaya because I came from a long and hard injury, and they get me for recover for this year, and then hopefully I can help the team in uh, in my long way. What, what I really want to know is, before we get going in the interview, is <laughs> I've tried to sign Simone so many times. So many times. And then the season that I leave the club, <laughs> you, you, were you just waiting for me to leave? Was that yeah, what it I was? Think so. yeah, I think so. I think so. so. He doesn't want to yeah. play for you, Chris. All right. Yeah. Is that, is that what it was? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. The timing, was it? With, with, with uh, Chris no longer there and uh, you know um, and then you joining the club uh, like late, 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 uh, last, this season yeah I was in Italy for two months already I was in the wheelchairs after the two surgery and I had to really have a hard time what was the injury Simone? I had uh, I partial turn again my ACL mm-hmm. And then uh, the first one, I broke my cartilage on the right side. Mm-hmm. It's really in common injury. Yeah. And it was against Kaya. Yeah. <laughs> because I also broke my two ribs 
and the long against Kaya three years ago. Yeah. Oh. I remember the game. Okay, that's why I I I have to butt in here, and that's the reason why. We always try to get him. Yeah, you give me a lot of injury. That's it. That's always my pre pre game team talk. Whatever happens, yeah. I don't care. As long as Simone gets injured, I'm happy. So the time I honestly I am the one who was uh, looking for Kaya and they say. Paul, you have to give me something back, man. <laughs> I always have a, a long injury against Kaya. See, so basically, we we came along and then we agreed for this year. So yeah. we talk about Paul. It's Paul Talentino, the general manager yeah. uh, of Kaya Iluilo. And you know, moving on, uh, I think uh, a lot of people, um, you know, you really got noticed. Uh, the first time the, the Filipino football fans noticed you was uh, in the AFC Challenge Cup in, in 2014 in, in the Maldives where you scored your first goal against Lao yes. after a, you know, was that the, no, that wasn't the rough boat, boat trip. No. Uh, that was the second game actually. So, you know, how did it feel, you know, finally suiting up for the national team and then scoring in just your you know, probably third, fourth game for, for the Ascos? You know, when honestly, when I came here in Philippines, I didn't expect anything because I came here honestly without money because my professional team was bankrupt, and then I came here because I never came back in Philippines to see my country and then the place where I was adopted. And the same time, I signed with for Stallion, so I get the full package, you know, for came along my my country and then playing football and then I start to play and I I call out for the national team for me it was like a really dream you know is every was coming too fast yeah. and then it was the first tournament and then I get lucky that I get the first goal for the national team and honestly this tournament is still in my mind when I, I think about the national team. Yeah, you have fond memories of the beach? <laughs> the score as <laughs> No, the fond memory is uh, the chemistry that he had in the team. We always sing going to the, to the game and after the game, and then we reach the final. And, you know, everything was perfect until we lost 1-0 against Palestine, but... I don't know when I'm thinking about that is still still in my mind. I mean, obviously we, we were in the team together. Yes. Um, for, for that for that tournament. Until you get poked, poked in the eye. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one, but after the incident on the boat, which we we mentioned in a previous podcast, I played about ten minutes, got poked in the eye, and then was was out. So actually, for, I remember for, for the Lao game, I was in the stands. I was in the stands watching the game. Um, with my sunglasses on because I had to, had to yeah yeah I remember that yeah, no. so I had to protect my eye but I, I can remember the goal can, what, what do you remember of that goal against now Shroki went to the right to cross the ball and the defender cleared the ball but not too far mm -hmm. so I was uh, lucky that I was uh, on the right side of the box mm -hmm. and I tried to kick the ball hard as I can so he went to the top of the net. It went in you know, like uh, a rocket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, sometimes 
usually I kick the, <laughs> the ball outside <laughs> the stadium. You know what I mean? Yeah, Butler was well hit. Oh. The technique was terrific. And uh, was the first or the second goal? The first goal. I yeah. think that was the first goal. Because yeah. that was a really important game. Obviously, the first game we drew against Afghanistan, yeah. which, in retrospect, was quite a good result because yeah. I think going into the tournament, we, we felt confident. Um, but always, you, you cannot lose the first game. So we got the, the draw on the board first game. I think that was a good result. Yeah, but the funny way was how we went to the first game. Do you remember? We stalked the sea, uh, the typhoon. <laughs> And then the emergency boat came to save us. And when we land, they're shrugging me. I think Sato, they threw up because it was a CC. You yeah. as well? You, you threw yeah, up? yeah, most of the player. And then we went there and they say, it's okay, just play, you know. Yeah. But, you know, going into it, I, I thought, you know, Afghanistan was a tricky, tricky game. Yeah. That was like a, a banana skin for you guys, you know. Had you lost that game, had you dropped, uh, you know, yeah. conceded the three points, you, know, we wouldn't have been, you know, really difficult for us to have yeah, qualified. Absolutely, but that but was the chemistry of the team. Yeah, was like that. What do you think was so special about that group? Because, we, again, on the way here, we were talking about it. Actually, as we pulled up to the facility, you you were saying how how you have such fond memories of that. Because of that uh, I came from Italy, we don't used to listen music before the game. Mm-hmm. We don't used to sing before or after the game, you know, it's like we are more straight. So I was looking you guys and then say, I think it's the right way to go to the game, you know, to get along together. Not everyone listening his own music mm-hmm. and then make his own uh, feeling to play. But if you share what you feel and then how you're going to prepare the game, is the same when you are in the field. So yeah. this is what I also learned in in the national team, the this tournament. Because that was your first ever tournament, obviously yeah. at that time. Did, did you think, wow, this is really different, but something special? Yeah, it was different. It was really different, special, and actually didn't expect to after two months to play for the national team. So it was really special. Everything when I came here. Yeah, a- and the videos as well. You know, did you, you know, were there tears in your eyes when you watched that uh, very, uh, you know, sentimental video where <laughs> yeah, before every, the all first of your game. close friends or family? I think they, yeah, yeah, the dude say that maybe it was the wrong decision <laughs> to to, <laughs> to show the video before the game because everyone was crying and he was walking to the game. Everyone was crying. <laughs> You know. who, who was uh, who, who greeted you in that game uh, on the on the video? Sister May indicates. Oh, wow, yeah, that's right. And, and that must have been. Uh, yeah, it, because it's the main reason why he came here. So I get emotional. Maybe like you, Chris, and everyone. So you run to the game crying. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's just an incredible story. Uh, you know, go, go, going back. Um, you know the with, with the national team you made your debut uh that same year like two months before that um coach uh, thomas dooley noticed you in uh, the ufl while playing for stallion and coach ernie nieras um you know, first game against malaysia how did how did it feel finally you know you said it was happening too fast but yeah right at that moment when you stepped on the pitch wearing the, the philippine flag how, how, how did it feel you know, f- uh, from myself, that I was adopted. 
I never feel uh, a part of anyone, even in the beginning with my family. So the only place where I feel belong, on when I was kids, since I was was kids, is a football pit, because uh, it's the only one that I can express myself. Because outside, when I was young, I never speak around, never, never, never. So I can express myself only in the pitch. And then carrying the Filipino flag in the pitch, for me, was... Uh, I cannot describe this feeling, but it's, they give me extra energy. Because like, I think Chris remembered the week that we were training before the first game against Malaysia for me was was not good you he know was I mean? terrible <laughs> he was the worst trainer I've ever seen I am I swear I was an emotional guy I've been before two three hours even before the training really yeah I was preparing myself you know <laughs> the stuff and everything yeah? because yeah I was feeling pressure for myself because I did you come across so confident Certainly on the pitch when I used to play against you, you, you came across as such a confident player. The, the confidence gave me my teammate. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know when you f- you walk into the field and then you don't ask to anyone, but when you watch, look in the face on the highs mm-hmm. and to the to your teammate, and this one, they transfer you the confidence right. and it's okay. They are ready. You have to be ready because I don't want to fuck up for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is what I really remember before step to the Malaysian game. Because again, off, off mic, we were, we were joking about it, but I, I felt <laughs> that I'd, I'd seen you play in those first sort of two months of the season at, at Stallions. And I was like, wow, yeah. this guy's good. This yeah. guy's really good. He, he wasn't just, um, you know, uh, attacking down the right he was just stopping yeah. people you could not get past him no he was a force of nature both up and down the field and i was like wow once this guy puts on the shirt he's going to be a really good um, acquisition for us and then that week in training and i we sort of laughed about it but i was like mm. sometimes <laughs> sometimes you see players they're good in the league and then they can't make the step up because you know for whatever yeah reason. they are all different yeah and i had no i had no and that's even off mic we were saying Maybe uh, maybe she's not that good, or or maybe he's nervous. And then you, then, then obviously you you've opened up about the fact that you were quite nervous even even before the training sessions. Yeah, a lot. You you, you were quite overwhelmed with you know you're going to be playing with like the likes of Phil and us. But you know I I know you you played. You know when him. I came here, I honestly I didn't know anyone because uh, we. I mean, I was watching football, but I didn't know Phil James or whatever. So for me, was all everyone was the same. See, it was different for me Can I, because I, I knew of Simone way, way, way before I actually met him for the first time. The, back in the day, there used to be those uh, message boards. I don't know yeah, if you remember, yeah, I remember, remember that. Remember uh, that? Osapang football, yeah. was it? So yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. My, my dad used to be he's a bit of a geek. He's so, quite active in that. Yeah, so he used to, <laughs> he used to always look and see. Because I remember when I came through sort of 2004 and then Phil and James came, there, there became this, um, this search for anyone Filipino who was you know, playing at mm. any level around the world. 
and I remember people like then Jerry Lucena came and I was like wow he yeah, he looks really good um, you know Dennis Kagara him and then then we found I found out about you through the through the message boards so I, I'd known about you for I'm going to say maybe th- four or five years before even we, we yeah, first but met when you. I was I think 20 I was playing in the south of Italy and then I uh, my club received email from Philippine national team. Really? It was, uh, I think, a game in Kyrgyzstan or something. Okay. But they say, there's no contact number. And then, <laughs> I mean, my, my <laughs> you know, my team was asking, how you can send you there if there is no contact number and you don't have Philippine passport and they pretend that you go straight there I mean I didn't have so right. and then the time I was playing for Italian under 20 so I didn't want so it's okay I don't go yeah, yeah. I mean you know it's, it was not nothing official so you didn't know if it was come or not so probably that was against uh, that, 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 that yeah something like that yeah okay and, uh, but I should to go so maybe I was coming Philippines or in Asia early, but, but you know you everyone has a timeline. Yeah, yeah, but you haven't gone back since then. <clears throat> like, uh, twenty fourteen was the first time you were back since you got adopted, right? Yes, so that's like 30, 30, 29 years. <laughs> yeah, thirty years before you came back. Unbelievable. Yeah, honestly, I was uh, before I booked it the fly with my dad because he won't go to vacation in Philippines but then uh, I signed in Switzerland and one week I have to go start to training because Switzerland they start the season early so I couldn't go wow what a journey it has been for Simone yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I try to come back in Philippines uh, sometimes but didn't work for my team or something so i guess i came back the right time yeah well let's go back to to your roots you know of course a lot of people know you got adopted by italian uh, parents um yeah and what was it like uh growing up um, you say milan right uh, what was it like you know, okay yeah i was adopted when with my sister but it's not uh, from the same family so we came from different part of Philippines my sister she we know her background and the family they are in Batangas <coughs> yeah only the one that they don't know they say that I came from the mountain but I don't know where okay. I'm like Igorot I think yeah maybe <laughs> carrot man or something <laughs> <like> <laughs> the unknown man yeah and then when I was young, I had my own world inside. <clears throat> I guess I give, honestly, I give a really hard time from when I was young until teenager, really hard time to my mom and dad, more than my sister. And then, for example, I have something innate me inside. And then when I was young, I grow, I wake up in the morning I have like massive swollen lips uh, hand and they have to bring me to the hospital most of the time because uh, I s- 
I still sometimes, but I suffer to abandon syndrome. So when I start to sleep, I think that I am afraid that somebody uh, leave me or they leave me around or they don't, they cannot be part anymore with my family. So I have uh, a lot of like psych psychology problems. Yeah, yeah. And then I never speak with my mom and dad. And when I fight with my mom and dad, they always go around. And then even if I were like 10, 11, and my mom have to follow me with his uh, bicycle or car. Because I was uh, always when I fight, I want to go to the police and say, I I going to refuse you like uh, my mom and dad. I want to adopt it again. You know, I always make a need the proof from my mom and dad that they love me more so they really had a heart problem before wow that was a that was a tough one you, you got adopted at six six months six months that's what they say yeah but uh when uh when you got adopted um at what age were you you know aware that i'm adopted that I, we adopted you. When when did your parents uh, tell you that? You were honestly, there is uh, some this different from me and my parents. So I grew up to know. I don't know the exactly time when right. they told me the when I was adopted. But I had such a problem about how I feel and then where I am, yeah. why. They they abandoned me, you know. It's like didn't feel uh, feel a part, uh, feel part of the family, part of yeah. anyone. Um, well, it must have been a, a tough time, but you're very close to your parents. Uh, you, you you've been very, you know. I saw you've I, been very affectionate. Yeah, honestly, I really really changed when I came here. I really understand how it was important my mom and dad in my life when I start to stay with Sister May and see the kids that they don't have mom and dad. And then if they, they came, didn't come to adopt me, I was in the same situation. So mm. this is what I feel it. So you realize how fortunate you were? Yeah. Incredible. And, what, and so, you, you, so what you're saying is you were quite difficult for them throughout your childhood. Yeah, because the same times these my cousins that the her mom and dad they died they get legal guard. So in okay. the same time they adopt me, my sister, and the teenager of fourteen. Wow. Okay. So, so every month household. there was like social worker from government for me and my sister, right. and then also for Eleonora, for my cousins. Mm -hmm. So I think for them it was really tough. Wow. So that must have been a very difficult family environment to, uh, to, to, to handle, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I realize now. Because in the mission, sometimes they come every month, one uh, couple from Italy, they come to adopt the kids in mm. Philippines from Italy. So they also remind me, my mom and dad, when they came here. Right. It's, right. A, it's like an emotional thing. So, so. so was football the outlet for you? Was football the way in which you could... When I say football yourself. for me is everything because, like I say, is uh, being the pitch is the only 
part of the world where I was feeling to be part of and I can express myself mm. even if I don't speak because I'm not used to speak a lot with the ball or running mm. and then came along with teammates not speak but you know fighting for someone mm. for togetherness you know, together yeah yeah so this is what I'm feeling and I I can still not ready to to stop to play football it's not big because I love football mm. but it's more for me even now when yeah. I am the pitch I feel along there yeah uh, and and how and how did you start if if, if that's the case uh, were your parents a part of the, the you know the first time you fell in love with the game uh, were they a part of it uh, like every kids at school but you know my mom and dad they never know about football they don't even watch World Cup so I get lucky that I have friends in school that they play football so so you just start off by playing in the playground yeah yeah playing playground the and the school that's yeah. it and at the, and at what point did you think wow I'm I'm quite good at football I'm or I'm or I'm I'm enjoying this and and when did you decide you know, I perhaps I I can pursue this pursue this I always want to be a football player and like everyone came time to time in the beginning you know, you enjoy and then when you start like 15 16 yeah. 17 then you are in the professional team So when did you cuz your first club was Procesto First professional yeah, club? yeah, yeah. So, uh, at, what, at what point did you join that club? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. So up until fourteen, you're just playing, kind of recreational football, yeah, fun yeah, football, yeah. yeah. And then this club, uh, Procesto, came in, yeah, and and signed you, yeah. So, you made your debut. How old with Procesto? Fourteen until twenty-four. Are you? Are you were there for ten years. Yeah. And you made your first team debut when? With 17 the, 17 so you bro- so you broke into the first team at, at 17 and they would have been what Serie D no in Serie C Serie C is the last C, C? yeah C C is the last step of the of professional, professional team yeah in prof- Italy yeah. professional level and how did you find it transitioning from kind of youth football into into men's football well I still I was going to school and then uh, the time the team was training two times morning and afternoon mm-hmm. plus the game day we play Saturday so uh, I was play I was start to play with the nas- with the first team and but instant I go to the school I always go to the training and that point after three four months my mom came to school because the school was calling her because I never never <laughs> been there really? so I was in the school so you were skipping school yeah yeah I was and your mother and your mother didn't know no no okay and uh, I remember this morning and I saw the the door open and I see the face of my mom and I was like mm, here we go and then the time the first thing was asking me to have like uh, a professional contract right so my mom look in my face and say you have to choose a school of football and say mom come on <laughs> <laughs> so I'm skipping class, mom. I'm skipping class. <laughs> so I start. Uh, that's it. I start to yeah. to play, and then I went to live alone. 
the 17 mm-hmm. and honestly i you know you get some money and then you have your teammate more mature and then they start to go out and deny it and you are alone so you want to follow the mm-hmm. whole guy and came along with them okay so basically i always went out in seven days like five days I would really the, yeah that time i really because there was some important team that they want to get me okay but I who's this uh, you, another club yeah i was in the youth you know it's like milan inter they want to yeah. get me i was 17 i really? was playing in the, in the professional team already yeah. so they want to get along but i always get drunk and then <laughs> i never so, <laughs> so never yeah them. because I'm, I'm assuming for, for the listeners out there if you're 17 years old and if you're yeah. if you're in you know one of the major you know european countries and you're playing men's football at that age you're you're on the pathway to to potentially real success yeah yeah they they they, they had but i you know i lose the train this part of my life to go to the next step because i always go to the club and then there was a period when i was uh, ready to transfer in Serie B. Which team? Treviso. Treviso. And are they Serie A now? No, before. They, they, yeah, uh, have, they have been before, right? So, big club. Yeah, it was a big club, yeah, but big club. Uh, I went out the day before the game and then and then I was up in the stairs and my manager was coming down and we see each other. I said, what are you doing here? You know, I was drunk. And after three weeks, he sent me in the South Italy to play because uh, they told me you cannot stay here because you always go out. And so they sent you to another problem. club? Yeah, they bring me to the South Italy to away from Milan yeah. so I cannot go out anymore. <laughs> but you know, when you when you lose the, the real opportunity, mm. you... You know, you you couldn't. That's an, that's an amazing, uh, incredible story. Because what, yeah, it was you know, it's it was teenagers, and then I wanna. When you go to the club, you met wrong people yeah. also, and and was uh, trying drugs and and get drunk. Were, were your mum and dad aware of this at the time? No, because I was living alone. Yeah. So. And that time, until that time, I never came along with my mom and dad, you know what I mean? You're still not that close with them at this point? No, no, no. No? No, no, never. Wow. So... I think think for me, like, you're you're the second guest that we've had on this show who's, who's really talked about the dangers of... And the trappings of what can come yeah. with football, because obviously, when when you get a certain level of success, a lot of things come easy for you. But I didn't have like too much successful. I mean, I had my but, first contract, but yeah. for me, it was big, and I couldn't control. Yeah. Can you imagine if I have more? Like now, when I was seventeen, they they sign like million euro. Yeah. It's easy to lose his mind, your yeah. mind, because. This is a circle that people come to you and then they think they are friends and then you just go out and then 
And because you're young, it, you don't know any different. Yeah, they use you, and then you are maybe you are so generous, and then you wanna pay in everything, and then but in the end, nothing. Because when I uh, in the South Italy or something, it's like nobody was calling me. How are you? Sounds you know. Yeah, that's the. That's why it's most important to have your family beside mm. when you are young. If you, if you could go back and talk to the 17-year-old Simone Rotter, what, what would you say to him? Because I'm assuming your, your career could have gone on a completely different different path if you had stayed on, yeah, the, on the right way. With the mentality that I have, yes, of course, yeah. and without injury, yeah. obviously. But what would you say to him? What would you say to Simone Rotter, age 17, now? I think, uh, honestly, I swear, I never regret, I don't regret what no? I did, because if I didn't did it, I didn't come to the Philippines. Yeah. So I think is my story has to be like that until I came in Philippines. Yeah. Because for example, if I have different career, I never came here. Yeah. To f to find myself or you know, or maybe only for vacation one time. Yeah. Or that's what I think is like. Sometimes the the way have to be like that. Yeah. Well, moving on. I, now the first time I, I met him, we the, the, after the Malaysia match, I got to um, we were in Dubai, I think, for the, the Azer bus. Azerbaijan match, and you, we I were remember. in the bus. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember. And that was the first time I learned that he was adopted, and like I was blown away. Like I just came here to to look for my parents. I just seriously, is this happening? Uh, and talk about that journey um, when you got first got in and then you started looking I think it, it was a well documented um, journey for you because a movie was made out of it mm -hmm. uh, but you know talk about that uh, when you moved here and you went straight to Sister May right to, uh, yeah, to the yeah, orphanage yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you, you stay there for a while I lived there for two years and I still have my room there sometimes when when I really feel to need to be home, I just go there, you know. And then, you know, when I was teenagers, it's, honestly, it's the first time that I speak about that, but it's okay. I have this common sense to punish myself because I was didn't feel that I am in, enough for anyone and the hardest time that I give to my mom and dad was when I, I, we was in the holiday in the camping and then have some discussion with my mom and dad and my sister and uh, I ran away and uh, I attempt suicide. I, really? Yeah. I cut my venous, my yeah. ear. Your wrist, yeah. But then when I saw the blood, I get scared, you know what I mean? Right. Because he's kind of uh, action to make attention. Yeah, cry for help. Yeah. I ran away to the camping because I got scared. But then I I lose a sense on the way because I I don't know, I get scared. Right. So all the police from the town came there. Really? <laughs> Bro, the, 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 the town was... Uh, <laughs> On high alert. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the time my dad he saw because they came back to the tent and they saw the knife full of blood. So right. 
and I left the the paper. It's like uh, a note. Yeah, like uh, adios or something. I don't remember. So that time the camping there was a party, and there it was a band. There was a sound. Yeah, yeah. And then my dad ran there and then get the microphone and say, my son is attempting suicide. Everyone helped me to find him. So all the oh wow, was, how many people were there? I don't know, man. <laughs> you cosplayed so, such a bro. such a ruckus there. Yeah, yeah. And then from the other camping, they asked help to the other one beside. So so, there, so there's uh, a maybe se- like search party. one thousand people was looking for me. You know, like. The police, but, but, but at that time we can laugh about it now. Yeah, but at, at that yeah, time, yeah, yeah. I need, I need to laugh because you know that time, my dad. I think that it was racing heart attack, stroke, and then they cut me on the way to the second village, and then they see they bring me uh, to the SUV of the the police. And then I remember when I went, I went out from the SUV. It was like it was my mom and dad obviously was waiting me, but it was like one thousand people. Can imagine a new screw there? Yeah. I can imagine my mom and dad how they feel mm. even to see me, and even the day after. Obviously, the day after we left the camping because you cannot stay there. You know how they feel, my mom and dad. You know. And the social worker, so he was really hard time. How long were you? How long were you? Fourteen. Oh, no, but how? How? Yeah, fourteen. But how long were? Did you disappear? Uh, I don't know. I gonna ask my mom and dad. <laughs> Maybe for one two hours. Yeah, yeah. But that was because he sent the note already, so they were, you know, the clock was was ticking. Yeah, he was really, and. That time I didn't really realize how bad for my mom and dad. And two days after, I was asking my mom and dad if I go on vacation with my friends. <laughs> and my dad, I swear to God, and my dad looked at me and he started to cry and he say, "How is possible? <laughs> you yeah. ask me to go vacation with your with your friends? It's two days ago, you, you was." You was in in the hospital because of you cut your head and then everyone was blow out and then you asked me to go to your friends. But but the first time you know you came out of that SUV, mm. I can cried. You, can you describe what how, how your parents looked at you, how your family looked at you? I th- I I don't remember the face of my mom and dad because I start to cry. So I really don't remember. But you know, I can imagine. Can only imagine. Really imagine. Obviously, it's. it's I, I can't imagine, but I can imagine for you, the the sense of abandonment obviously comes from. Yeah. The, obviously, the, the the fact that your um, your mother left you and and that now you and that you were adopted by the the, the Italian parents. Um, my. Judging by what you, the comments that you're saying, your um, adoptive parents. Sound like really nice people, yeah. like really genuine yeah. people. Ah, yeah, special. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I mean, and, and obviously knowing what you know now, for them to have stuck with you um, through some of these incredible, 
accounts that you're giving. Guys, honestly, it's a real testament I, to how if incredible one day I have be. daughter or son, I hope that they never be like me. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, yeah. because you never. I never spoke with them in the house, how I feel it. Always lie about everything because uh, I didn't want anyone come in my world. Mm -hmm. So even at the school or wh where you go, I always lie because it's not because I w was I like it, but because uh, this is what I was. Yeah, God bless it. Yeah, Philippine blessed me when I came here. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I want to come back to. So. Again, judging what how how your your accounts are going, this has continued all the way into your adulthood, and it's only until you um, meet the sister, and that you spend time here in the Philippines that you start to appreciate, really not only your parents but I'm guessing appreciate Life. yourself, yeah, yeah, yourself as well, yes. And is, and is, <clears throat> is is moving to the Philippines is th is this how you start to gather your own sense of self worth? Because you don't come across now as someone who doesn't really like himself, you know. You you, you seem like someone who's who's quite self confident, yeah. and and you know you, you know the value of you, you know the value of yourself. So yeah. is, is that is that something that you've garnered since you've moved here to the Philippines? Yeah, I learned have to be more respect for myself, mm. honestly. Yeah, and then how to go away from people that have a bad vibe. I know how to recognize. I have extra feeling and the yeah, you think so, yeah. So um, people even here they told me that I'm a lonely guy, you know what I mean? But I like to stay alone because I mean I'm not caveman, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I come maybe from the cave but I'm not a caveman. Yeah, yeah. But I mean I had in my past, I had a lot, so sometimes I like to stay alone also, to, yeah. you know. And I don't speak too much because I just speak when I feel to speak. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a guy or something that has to speak because everyone have to recognize him. I don't need that. Yeah. So this is the longest he's spoken already. Yes. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. Promise. Really. <laughs> That's a record, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you love part. Yeah, yeah. Funny. Yeah. And and again, similar to Sadelf, I I had no idea when you moved here that you were living in the orphanage. In the orphanage, you know. I I remember um, talking to you, and you know, I'd be like, "Oh, where, where you? Where do you live?" And oh, in, in Paranaki. Oh, okay. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, maybe you know, like uh, yeah, BF <laughs> like, Homes or yeah. Moonwalk or somewhere. Yeah, but but, but I mean. Because I had that, that stereotype, you know, I've covering I've been covering them for for quite some time, and then you know, a, a typical you know, Filipino foreigner mm -hmm. playing for the Ascals, like Filipino mom, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Filipino dad coming over, um, you know, okay life in, in um in um somewhere in abroad, and then coming here and, and playing for the national team, and then and, and then you come along and you have this unique story. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow, they get it's as diverse as they come now. Mm. <laughs> Their backgrounds. Yeah, I, even if I came here, I didn't feel foreigner because I like to stay with Filipino people because I like how to observe how they are and how 
to understand the culture and basically my country. So, is that why you decided to stay in the in the orphanage when you first moved? I decided to stay because uh, honestly, f- for I wanna help Sister May, but also them. They I was really really help myself. Yeah, and they helped me. They don't didn't do it. They are not doing nothing special. Eh? But the way how they are and the kids how they are, they really teach me daily how important is what I have you know yeah because some kids they sometimes they are more mature than me they provide from themselves everything they cook they clean they they go to school themselves you know they do what they have to do sometimes you know we complain what we have to do or what we have but in the end this if you have a daily example how the life is hard, I think it makes your journey and then you go through with a better attitude. Yeah. Well, well so, uh, you, know, you mentioned Sister May, she's, mm-hmm. she's very, very important to your life. But, and she was there when you got uh, ad- adopted, right? Uh, 30 yeah, it was um, Sister May, Mother Flora and Sister Marilyn. Sister Marilyn actually, when my mom came, because in Philippines at the time there was no apple. So my mom came here with a lot of apple, and sister Marlene, she's the one who stolen apple from, from me and my kid and my sister because she like apple. So and and, and then uh, how how did you know how how are your relationships with, but particularly sister May because you've been working together and how has it you know, turned out? How has it evolved over the years? But sister May, she obviously. Yeah, you know, me and my sister was one, I think, the first adoption from the mission ever. So they remember remember me oh. and my sister. Like. Okay. And then I am only the one from adopt that came really there to stay there. So, I mean, it's like my mom. I mean, I came here also in Philippines to find my family or my mom or whatever but i found my family there apart my my mom and dad mm. so so those for those who haven't seen the movie yet um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, that in the movie you know, the way that the yeah actually we didn't find her we have another way but honestly i give up because is uh, i learned in the past that if have to be happy and you have to be happy you cannot force something because you never know how, how many years did you work on finding your, your family three years so three years you're, you're playing football since i came here after uh six seven months they were asking me if you want to find my mom and dad and they say it's okay let's try but it's hard, you know, 34 years ago, it's, it's hard to find, or maybe they don't want to be fine, you know, so. I mean, but if you were able to, to see them, if you were to f- see them, what, what, what would you say to them, do you think? Why? Yeah. 
it's why because I need to know you know yeah. what I mean it's like and honestly I don't know is uh, the feeling that the, that my natural mother when the time they give me away mm-hmm. but in the end was my luckiest moment ever because at the end I see I met a real family in Italy that was amazing so in her bad vibe it gave me my best luck yeah and not from my mom I would like to know if I have a brother or sister for sure I have if you guys see his in so the somewhere. future someone will look at me <laughs> <laughs> just call me right away yeah, okay. maybe at the mall maybe somewhere in or maybe or where <laughs> where you are hiking somewhere yeah, okay. <laughs> some village guy yeah. <laughs> wow y- you really feel you're you're, you're from uh, I came from the mountain I mm, they say from Bicol or Kamsur but we, we still don't we don't know and your your parents your Italian parents were um Taxi drivers, uh, when they my d- no, my dad is a dentist. Was a dentist, and then uh, we had some struggle time, and then they switch in a taxi, but the taxi is different in Italy from Philippines. You own the license; is uh, yeah, you yeah. have to buy. You you operate yeah, and then you drive as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to buy the license. It's like investment. It's a lot of money, so it's uh, private. That's why they always fight with Uber, <laughs> because uh, you know you you pay the drive. The license drive is two hundred fifty thousand euro. So if you allow Uber in uh, in Italy, it's like your value is of your license is getting oh, nothing. Lord. Yeah. So it's getting political now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to look, look incredible that, that that part of your story I think has been told in different ways by by different people yeah, but, but to hear yeah. that from you firsthand I mean there's stuff in there that I had no idea about and, and yeah the, the the main one is honestly is the first time that I tell the public one about yeah. the suicide. suicide and I'm glad you managed to keep it fairly light because yeah yeah I was the story was, I yeah, story was <laughs> I saw your face guys like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, but thanks for sharing with that I mean I I'd, I'd like to bring it back a little bit to the football again yes because one thing I'm quite intrigued about with you is how on earth did you end up at Stallions you know what 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 were the what were the pieces of the puzzle that led to you signing with them okay that time uh, my professional team went bankrupt Yeah, uh, we didn't. Wh- which team was it? Uh, Procesto. Procesto. Okay. You went back there, right? You, you you went back there after playing in Switzerland yeah, 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 and then yeah. playing in a couple of other um, yeah. Italian clubs. And then we stay. We play for one year without salary. And then that's the year that I lost all my save doing party and survive because I didn't want to go obviously. And then that time, say, I don't know what to do. So maybe it's time to go to Philippines, but so you're still having this lifestyle. So you're you're like twenty eight, twenty nine, yeah, and you're still doing these things. Not 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 too much, bad. but you know he's mellowed. He's mellowed by that time. Well, probably. not. But this is probably twelve years of you doing this now at this point. 
because you said that 17 you were yeah year in fifth in my team they say you never go out you don't go out bro do what you i did okay. in Italy for so yeah i'm done with stuff i'm quiet now yeah so you so okay so sorry going going back to your um to move to the stallions so the uh, processo declared themselves bankrupt yeah and then who makes contact with you ernie directly i i opened the facebook yeah and before i watched i searched some uh, football club in philippines mm-hmm. and then there was a contact i write i think in i write to global or i don't remember which team and say i am filipino player i would like to play in philippines mm-hmm. the only one that answered was stallion on facebook so ernie lend selu to text me back and forth this is selu lozano yes yeah. and then after one month they was texting each other and they say it's okay we went agree about the contract on facebook so say it's okay if you book me a ticket i'm gonna go there mm-hmm. so bas- basically i came here without contract and then uh, yeah i came here in philippines through facebook and and this is what 2000 january 2014 yeah and you hadn't been back to the philippines no, since, since since never the ever so i came here in philippines and then uh, i was in the terminal one yeah you know they have to go after yeah, yeah 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 but ideally it's not like that so i was stuck for one hour in front of yep. the airport because somebody according they should to come to pick, pick you pick, up pick 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 up me and yeah. then after one hour they told me they have to go downstairs yeah so i went downstairs and it was full of people, people man. yeah, <laughs> yeah. everyone wow. waiting for for family to come <laughs> yeah. yeah i was exactly the same first time i came same but i didn't understand me so neither but but the thing here is simone was speaking a little english right that time little i can i can understand the basic one so so it was hard for you to <laughs> it was hard man yeah. it was hard so you then signed the contract so you signed the contract with with, with stallions and yeah. how, how long was the contract for initially uh two years plus one two plus one yes okay um what's your initial impression of stallions as a club and the, the league Well, I'm also intrigued to find out what what your initial um, impression of the Philippines was as a, as a country. Wow! When I came here was uh, in the evening. I didn't expect Manila was like that. You know, it's like Manila is the metropolis more bigger than Italy, and mm-hmm. then there was a big building, and then say I never expect. Then the second day we went to train in Alabang Country Club. And I was in Cuenca, oh. but it was a running session. And then <laughs> we ran for 10K, you know, and they say, Aselo, Aselo, but you run like that in Philippines because for me it's too much, you know. It's, I don't u- we don't used to run 10K, yeah. it's like. Yeah. And, you know, here in Philippines there is no, I came here ready to accept everything. I didn't came here in Philippines to be like a foreigner and pretend that yeah. the football is perfect mm-hmm. has to be everything perfect. I came here in Philippines to have 
to find myself and adjust whatever I have to do. So I never complain about it. Even you know, you 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 was there even mm-hmm. football. You yeah. know, it's like you go there and there is no dressing room. We don't use to training without dressing room, yeah. and we don't do shower after training. Yeah. So for me, was was a new things, and the first game in UFL. Uh, it was playing before another game, so we changed. It was in the stand. Mm-hmm. I was waiting to go to my dressing room, and then after, uh, Ernie called up and say warm up, and it was I didn't I was not ready because I was waiting to go to the dressing room. <laughs> that you know was, what I mean? was your first yeah. game. Yeah, and so, so I have to prepare mm-hmm. myself right away, and then and but little by little I understand how it was. Philippine here but honestly I swear I didn't expect anything because I was there for other reason yeah, football was a uh, it was secondary to to but you came here because of football but it was more of a secondary was uh, I came here f- football and uh, to see my country find myself to help sister me I get the full package you know what I mean Same yeah, yeah, get the full yeah. package yeah it's true yeah yeah, that's true so I'm also in- intrigued with um, what your balance was like with the orphanage because how, how long were you staying in the orphanage for living there full time two years so you're there for two years and, and who else is in the orphanage with you so you got the sisters and then how many kids that time was 18 18 kids yeah 18 kids and and your daily routine would be so you would go to training and then come back and help with the orphanage? Yeah. yeah. And what sort of roles would you have within the orphanage? What were your uh, duties? Whatever sister may yeah. need it. I don't have a specific role there. Right. But, you know, in the sister may, they close the door of the orphanage at 8. So every day at 8 p.m., you have to go to yeah. your room. Yeah. So that's why I move it because I have, sometimes I have, in the evening when I have something in the game yeah. at like 11, 12, I come back and I have to call sister May to open the door. So <laughs> she has to dress up like, mm-hmm. like a mom. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Come to the gate and then every time open. So I think I didn't feel that it was right. Yeah. So I just moved here when I have my so, so you were there for two years and was the reason, why did you leave? Was it because you, I'm assuming, did you move to Ceres at this point? Uh, or was it just before you moved to Ceres that you left the orphanage? No, I left the orphanage. I mean, left. Sometimes I I sleep there yeah. two days and then I come yeah. back to my house. Yeah. I left because uh, from my schedule, Paranyaki is hard to stay yeah. back and forth every time to Manila. And then, no, th- this only reason. Yeah. And then is the traffic every year is getting worse. So, <laughs> because when I came here, w- traffic was not like that. Okay. Five years ago was better, much better. Every year is getting worse and worse and worse. So, I cannot stand in the traffic anymore. And how often do you go back there now to see the kids and the sisters? Well, I was injured a long time. Yeah. So. The last time was one week ago. I stayed there one week. So, you know, sometimes when I feel sick, I just <laughs> go back. Yeah. To the nap. Is that the place? Is that the place that you feel most at home? 
Yeah. 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 What is it about the kids? Because I've seen the posts on social media, but I've also seen how you interact because you do other stuff. What is it about the kids that that gives you so much? First of all, the background that they have. Yeah. Is some some kids they really have a background like how is possible they have? I mean, they have uh, the last one is um, Sophia that. He came there 10 p.m. through taxi. Someone put her in the taxi and tell the others to go there. So, and the taxi driver give us, and that's it. We don't know where she come from. Mm-hmm. We don't know nothing. So, some of the kids have uh, sister may surname for the birth certificate because we don't know where they really? come from. Yeah. You know, it's like. And then it was this girl Janika that actually is playing football. I'm really grateful about yeah. that she like football. How old is Janika? Eighteen. Eighteen. And she her grandmother she refused to she refused her to stay in her house. So she was living in the the gym outside for one week. And then the guard came to us and said, This this girl is going continue to going around but the village but it seemed that she's sleeping on the floor in the gym and mm. then so sister may went to get her and then she she stayed there and then she go to school and she play football and she gets her name sister may. really <laughs> yeah. and where does janica play now football fanatic ah that, that, because you used to do work with them also right was that janica's age group before yeah yeah so you used to she only the bit. one that she's continued because yeah. she's really like Actually, I came back last week to the orphanage and they say, hey, do you want to buy football shoes? I need money for the tournament. And right, then, right. Okay. And she gave me my football shoes. <laughs> I say, Janika, where do you get these football shoes? I say, no, sister may give to me. And I say, that's okay. This is what happened. You went to my room. You get my new football <laughs> shoes, <laughs> and then you pretend sister may give to you, and then you are basically and have to buy my football shoes <laughs> back from her. So I just buy. You know what I mean? She's but clever. That's yeah. smart. That's, she she needs to work in business, okay, not football. Okay, I'm gonna buy my own football shoes. I like I like that. I like that. But I think it's great that you still have the connection with those kids. You I know, mean, I think it's really, really important. Yeah, some of them, they have family and they come back and they come to the family and they come back. Yeah. The only the one that they really belong now is Sofia, Chiara and Janica. And they're there full time. Yeah, because in, they, yeah. they don't know where the family is. Yeah. 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 I think you have, you have your little girl. Chiara, uh, yeah. Yeah, Chiara. How is it with her? She get obsessed of me. You know, it's like, because there, they are all girls. Yeah. So, um, obviously, when you see a man, I mean, every kid need to have a mom and dad. You know, it's a different vibe and different attitude. So, they, she, she know that I'm not real dad, but I am her dad. And then down Sophia that she followed Chiara, so she called me dad as well. Also. So and says, "Sister May," I say, "It's okay, but how many <laughs> kids I have to have?" You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So but I will the, be the, the, the you're the you're the legal guardian. Of, of I will be the next. For now, it's Sister May. Okay. When Sister May cannot, hopefully, latest possible, I will be the one they're gonna follow her, and obviously Sophia, because at the end, she's yeah. the one. And Janica is. You have three, probably three <laughs> little three <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> <laughs> in five years, I have three girls. Wow. wow. Let's meet in 10 years. Let's <laughs> see how many have that now. <laughs> That's amazing. It's incredible. Um, well, I, I think it's important that they have a role model like you because obviously you had that role model and in, in your it's, you know, adopted parents and you, you gave them a hard time <laughs> you know, by, well, yeah. by all, all admissions. So I think for you to be there for them and, and provide a, a constant father figure is is commendable and i think it's very um you know it's, it's honorable that that you're able to do that and, and able to give that time and it's something that um you know i think it's mentioned in passing but i don't think f people really fully appreciate how much time and how much effort you put into that so you know i, I think yeah. that's something that's really really admirable yeah, about you. you as a person um go back let's go back to football i want to talk about something that I, I will whenever i see you there's a couple of moments that will stay with me forever and, and one of the um, one of my favourite games of yours that I can remember was the was the Tajikistan game um, qualifier here, here. Oh, my last game your last game <laughs> yeah your last game with the Azkals yeah, because um, I got injured. Because you got well, you're always injured, so that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but f but for me, I I think you you you've gone through a lot of struggles. You you came on the scene when you first played for Stallions, burst onto the scene, was was a very ma major player in that in that team, and then obviously you'd, you'd had your peaks and troughs, things kind of back went and up forth. and down, back and forth with 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 that international career. What can you remember from that game? Um, that a that Asian Cup qualifier. Okay, you know, uh, before I uh, I was coming from Asia at the end, so I always uh, was long time that I uh, was out from football, and especially for me to play national team is was everything, mm. and is still everything. So. Um, for to be there, I really, really work hard. Mm. I swear. I mean, I give. You can ask my girlfriend or I swear was give everything. So when I went there and say, for one time in your life, you have to be, you have to credit what you did to be here. Mm -hmm. Everything is when you you walk into the field. And then they say, don't, I was telling myself that don't, uh, don't look anyone because you are the one that you work hard to be there. Yeah. So it's impossible that you have, you, you're gonna fucked up today. Yeah. Has to be my game also. And what it is was honestly was the craziest game ever that I played and maybe the most important that I had yeah how did you feel going into the game did you feel confident I was feeling confident because I was feeling 100% yeah you felt in good so, shape yeah yeah so doesn't matter who I was playing 
against Honestly, Dooley was giving me um, a video by op my opponent and the, before the game, yeah. you know, his style. And before I always looking, but that time I didn't look anyone. You didn't care? No, because I wanna, doesn't care. I'm not playing against Messi and Ronaldo. I mean, I am, I'm good enough to face mm -hmm. and whatever I'm gonna play and fight and that's it, that's it. Because I was really, really, working hard to yeah. come back there Dur during the course of the game obviously it was a very, uh, kind of like your career very up and down and had its certainly its, its emotional moments I look back to that game and think first half it was kind of it was a bit like a sparring match it was a bit like a boxing fight it was just two teams kind of testing each other out when they went when they got the penalty and they went 1-0 up what, what were your feelings at that point did you feel as though Promise. You still confident? I didn't feel they're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lose. Why not? Because we I you it's impossible. It's like we lost the game in Palestine against Palestine in Maldives mm -hmm. and we missed Asian Cup. Cannot be again. I don't know why I was feeling cannot be. Doesn't matter how we're gonna win the game or draw. Because we can draw the yeah. game. No. Yeah. And they say I didn't feel pressure and say, if everyone is doing his job, we're gonna make it this game. Yeah. And what happened the last was perfect. It was yeah. like blow up and, yeah. and cry because everything's went out. Yeah. What was your emotions? Cause obviously, for those who don't know, or don't, you'd be living under a rock if you don't really know what happened in that game. But <laughs> uh, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But I remember when I, uh, you was crying, man. In I had the picture with me. Yeah, I, I, I sort of found you have it to send me. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it. you've been saving that. You didn't even send it to. Him. Uh, look, look at me. I, I'm not supposed to <laughs> post this. What look how, at my face? <laughs> how did you? Uh, even obviously, Kevin Ingresso gets the equalizer, and I think that was for me. As, as part of the coaching staff that's when I felt okay it's destiny I, I can't see us I can't see us conceding now I think we've had our moment where we have a little bit of nervousness now we've got the equaliser we're not going to lose it now we have enough characters on the field to see this out but it wasn't until Phil scored his penalty that I was like yeah we're definitely through how did you feel at that moment when, when Phil scored the penalty? yeah because you know one on one can happen again yeah whatever I was honestly when I was playing I get a review of Palestine because we lost for the free kick yeah so and say can happen again it takes a moment everyone yeah. every everything you know it's like and then when this was a penalty everyone was like uh, blow out and they say well, I'm gonna wait <laughs> <laughs> And then even for Phil was the perfect one, you know, yeah. he scored the 50 goals yeah. and then everything this night was perfect. Yeah. We reached the the Asian Cup, Phil scored the 50 goals and then had the great comeback the national team yeah. and we made the history, so I cannot ask better more. Yeah. That amazing time. night. That was an amazing night. Everyone was crying. You cried? No. You, really? you no. was crying. I, yeah. I was, I was <laughs> bad, man. Yeah, I missed bad. the goal also the first half. I remember. Yeah, yeah, you had a good chance. Yeah, yeah, you did. I hit the crossbar. Yeah, it's okay. It's not my job. 
it's not your job. <laughs> <laughs> but, but moving forward, um, of course, uh, uh, making the uh, Philippines making the Asian Cup. But unfortunately for you, you were not around when uh, you know, you know when when when. Like always, I get a uh, long injury on the worst time ever. <laughs> you know, it's like even four years ago, I had broken ribs for the World Cup. And new player came in, so I was a little bit stay on the side. But you know, it's like uh, football is about circle, and then now you know there is uh, it's time to the young player to step up because obviously I would like to be there. You know what I mean? But there is some conscious that. Maybe I'm still I'm not that great before, or some player they are better than me now because I was injured, so I cannot show, and I'm turning I'm 34, so and the coach n- never know me. Yeah, you know, so I cannot blame anyone. I mean, I just do my way. I wanna come back to play, and if one day, one day, will be. I mean, mm. it's time also the young people, yeah. they're gonna show up. It's yeah. a good opportunity for them, you know. Like, I had the opportunity me and then uh, I take it and it's right that other people have opportunity and yeah, but, take but, it. But but peak Simone would have been a shoe-in for that squad. <laughs> Not how he trained against Malaysia, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if if <laughs> there will be tryout, there will be only training. I don't think you <laughs> might not even be on the fifty-man roster. You wouldn't even make it. <laughs> you have to be like seventy people to try out. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe you make a seventy-man pool if you play like that. But what's the future hold for you? That's that's kind of what I I would like to know. Like what obviously in the short term it's just to get yourself fit and and playing with Kaya again. But what's the kind of I want to play as much as I can. Yeah, it's not like I told you guys. It's not only about you know even my girlfriend say hey so why you stop to play football you just follow the ball you know what I mean you, you're always in pain and then you know it's like you are not young anymore why you don't find other things to say mm. to to get it but this is what people still don't understand this the feeling that I had to be in the field is a still part of my my life to feel uh, be part of without nobody judge you know mm. play until your legs can't go anymore yeah like the girl <laughs> yeah, like the girl in the street we saw crossing the road earlier it's uh, what I, I do warm up <laughs> yeah and what about when you finish playing? Do you, do you have plans? I have, do you have uh, any ideas? I have a kite surfing center in, uh, in Boracay. Really? Yeah. Kite surfing? Yes. Is that something you enjoy doing? I had no idea. This is news to me. Honestly, uh, I never tried. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. So this doesn't add up. So you're going to have to explain. <laughs> my dad. My dad is, is into it, is this it? stuff. Okay. So I have a partner. We are two. Yeah. And then... But you know when I get injured and Davao shut down, yeah, and they close Boracay for eight months, 
so struggling. <laughs> <laughs> no money <laughs> coming in. Struggling, man. Yeah. Now and come back. Boraka is still on the. He come back, but still on the way. Yeah. So, I guess I will involve more in the. In the yeah. Yeah. Island boy. Island okay. boy. And, and probably a bit, a few more uh, um, children. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next time he have he, he shows up here is probably ten, ten, ten <laughs> kids. Yeah, ten kids already. Yeah, that's a that's it. That's it. And then I would like to come back more often in Italy because I see my family only yeah. one times a year. But they are coming. They are coming in December. Okay. Even if my sister after the first time ever. Yeah. So I'm glad that she hasn't been back. She hasn't been back to the Philippines. Never. No. My sister, she never extern to come back in Philippines or find family. It's really different from me. Yeah. So she decided, and then it's one of the dream that I choose to bring all my yeah, family here. That would be nice. Yeah. You wouldn't like to go into coaching. I like to coach kids. Yeah. But the adult people, I'm. You know, I'm so straight and I get personally and then I cannot handle adult people because I get I get too much I get mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's intense. Change I'm tense and changing my mood. Even I think in the private life. You know, I cannot let go everything so yeah. I get personally. This is what I learned from me. Because you know, the reason why I say this obviously you know that I'm involved with youth football. And I think yeah, this is what when I spoke with Paul mm. and they say as soon I come back to work normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know because yeah. when I'm doing rehab or yeah, I come back to play yeah. and then they say yes, come on, you st- you stand up, you stand to the training for two three hours every day. I instant you go to the gym and yeah. then do yourself. So I was asking in the, the beginning, I was asking when as soon I get fit. And then I'm okay to. I I like to coach kids, mm. not adult people. Because for me, you, you have a lot of, you have a lot to give, you know, both as a as a in terms of information, like tactical information that you can give. Because I think as a player, um, you saw the game very well, but also you know with off the field stuff, I think you have a lot yeah, of information. Honestly, you can I share. am. I can be a good good coach but I am more sensitive in the human side yeah I can understand the kids mm-hmm. when they are struggle or we have a problem yeah. I have extra feeling so I really like to take care of the feeling in the field yeah. of the kids Eastern have like the best coaching skill because I'm not right this is what I can give to the young football player but the relationship side help, help, yeah, help build yeah, the relationship like, with like the kids yeah how to give the best in the field yeah. instant like skills or, or something yeah this is what i really am even in my team yeah well I, I you know speaking from a very selfish perspective i would love for you to get involved with with youth football because there aren't enough good people you know in youth football there we go i found another job <laughs> <laughs> just for showing up here oh yeah yeah, yeah. this was a job interview <laughs> Yeah, Chris, Chris, I like. Chris needed all the information before 
hiring it. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that day. off camera. We'll, we'll <laughs> settle the contract. Okay. All right. Yeah, but uh, thanks for, 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 for coming over, Simone, and uh, and sharing your story, that, you know, which a lot of people. Yeah, don't, actually, don't, don't really I know. really feel comfortable, and they say, and I say something that I never say before. So I really grateful also from you guys because I'm sometimes I need help to extern how I feel and mm. my story, and I like to share my story because I feel better yeah so I think a lot of people are going to take inspiration from your story because you know I look at your story and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things in that in this piece that people will find of interest and that people would will be able to relate to you know there's plenty of kids out there you know probably young who are impressionable who aren't sure of their direction or aren't sure of their own sense of self-worth and if someone like a a Philippine Azcal player felt like that at the same age, then you know they can think, yeah. well, you know, maybe I can also grow into myself as I get older. You know, if people haven't got the best relationships with their with their family, you know, it just goes to show that even at the age of twenty nine, thirty, you can still build that bridge between yeah. you know your your mother, you and and your mother or father or brother, sister, whoever that may be. And also, you know, if you if you are that young kid who's going out too much, who's partying too much, you can still have a, you, yeah. you can still forge a good career for yourself. Yeah, and I think that's really important. So, I, you know, I for one, I've, I've known you for a long time in a, in a professional sense as a as a as a teammate, and as a as a coach and a, and a player. But you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and, and sharing your your story because I think a lot of people are going to take a lot from that so sure so thank, thank you. you for, for thank you guys. With that. thanks for catching across the line if you want us to continue doing more episodes subscribe to us on YouTube download our episodes on Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and also drop a comment para tuloy-tuloy itong across the line